Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to, you know it's fake, right? The ongoing battle with the dirtiest four-letter word in professional wrestling. First of all, happy Labor Day, and hopefully you are enjoying a day off of work. I am not, but hopefully some of you are able to do that and, uh, you know, kind of think about what Labor Day might mean to you. Uh, but the show must go on, and I would like to bring to you this episode. So this is episode 35, and this week we are uh, presenting Jordan Zeilinger. Jordan is the host of Wreck My Podcast. Um, you've probably heard me talk about that show in the past. If you have not checked it out, uh, Wreck My Podcast is a really fun concept that he came up with several years ago. And uh, more or less, it's watching something that we liked as a kid and seeing if it wrecks your childhood, right? Like maybe as a kid, one of my favorite movies was The Three Ninjas. So go back and rewatch that and see if it holds up, see if it's good. And that's kind of an interesting thing because some things are not good. Some things do hold up. And so that's kind of what the whole premise of the show is about where him and his friends, Joe, uh, Cam and Craig are all kind of dive into various uh, movies and TV shows and things of that nature. It's really fun, but Jordan's a wrestling fan. And, um, I don't, I don't know if I'd classify him as a diehard wrestling fan, but he does like wrestling and we had some pretty interesting conversations, you know, because I, I, I found in doing this show, it's like, you know, initially I thought, well, I can only talk to wrestlers. But then I'm like, well, no, that's not true. I could talk to people who are not wrestlers, but just fans, uh, podcasters. There's, a, there's a, a slew of people that can be a part of this show. And Jordan falls right into that category. So hopefully everybody enjoys it. We had a really fun conversation. He actually drops a couple of bombshells that I was not expecting of uh, famous pro wrestlers that he knew when he was younger. So very, very interesting stuff. And there's me not silencing my cell phone. Uh, but um, that'll be uh, that'll be our guest this week. It should be a lot of fun. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. And um, here it is, my interview with the one and only Jordan Zeilinger. Good. All right. Here we go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Joining me on the line tonight, all the way from uh, Texas now, uh, he's the host of Wreck My Podcast and a former PHPW world champion, Jordan Zeilinger. Jordan, how's it going, man? Oh, it's good. Former and possibly next champion because <laughs> I have a match with Tier 1 coming up here. And let's just say, you know, I've been I've been quiet. I've been quiet on Twitter, but I've been hitting the gym. I have not been quiet in the gym. I've been preparing. I've been getting ready, and I will not let that slip through my fingers again, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, you're you're a very central part of what PHPW is. If anyone doesn't know, it's just essentially it's this online wrestling league that Bane kind of brainstormed and kind of showed it to me, and I was kind of like, okay, like I, I don't know if I totally get it but once i realized like oh all the characters are like people we know oh this is fun like this is really cool and so me and bane go back and do commentary over the matches it's absolutely the most ridiculous fun thing ever 
Oh, yeah. It's super cool. And you guys were very ambitious at the beginning because you were doing weekly shows. And I was like, I don't know where you find the time doing your own podcast, having to work, ha- like doing some side project you're doing like this one. I'm just like, that's ambitious. So I'm glad you guys kind of brought it down to monthly because now I can actually keep up with it, too. <laughs> well, and that, that was actually kind of why, because I was like, man, I'm having a hard time recording all of these, let alone like trying to watch them and. I was like, I think once a month might – because I've always had the um, – because we'll get into wrestling a little bit here, obviously, with the show. But I've always had the thought of, like, I don't think the answer to anyone's fandom is more wrestling. There's so much right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know anyone yes. that can keep up with all of it. So I yes. feel like sometimes less is more in, in almost any situation. And that was kind of the same way with PHPW. I was like, let's let's focus on the pay-per-views because those are fun. They have really fun names and fun themes and all that stuff. And I was like, we can kind of just – because that weekly stuff, that was, that was kind of hard to do because we would have to basically spend one day recording all the weekly shows, then one day yeah. recording the pay-per-view. It, it was just – it was a lot. And as you know, like obviously you're a podcaster with Wreck My Podcast. Podcasting is tiring more than people might oh, think. a 100%. Yes. It's it can be daunting. It's tiring, especially when things don't go right, which we'll I'm sure we'll dive into that at, uh, on this show. But it's it just it's a lot, and all of a sudden you realize like you're doing this for a hobby, then it becomes stressful. Then it's like, wait a minute, why are we doing this? You know? Oh, I mean, I'll I'll, I'll like if anyone's been a fan of my show for a while, uh, they'll remember there was a time we were releasing three shows a week. Sure, and. I I had to just reel it back. I was like, guys, I literally am doing nothing else. Like I'm. Because, you know, our show covers a lot of, like, pop culture stuff that I have to, like, watch a movie for and then do a bunch of research and stuff like that. So I'm, like, I'm either researching, editing, or recording just nonstop, and I can't keep doing that. So now we're we're to that one-time-a-week basis as well, um, which reeled it back a lot. But I can't even imagine doing it. Like, because your shows were, like, 30 minutes a piece, yeah. and then there's four of them a month. So you're doing two hours, and then a pay-per-view that's an hour long. So you're, like, three hours recording just in one shot. Oh yeah. I mean, that's just ridiculous. That's crazy. It, it was, and and I'm glad. Like I, we had fun doing it. Don't get me wrong, but it was it was that thing of like, my gosh, this is a lot. Plus, we're trying to do you know the Power Hour show as well. Yeah. And, and then our Patreon content, we try to squeeze that in as well. And so it became a thing where we were, we normally like we try to meet up once a week and get it all done, and that's kind of our our goal, our mindset. And mm-hmm. and then we thought, okay, well, we can meet up twice a week and get it all done. And then it's like, man, we are we are podcasting a lot, and uh, it just it yeah. can take over for sure. Well, when your creative hobby and creative outlet becomes like a job and a chore, it's no longer your creative outlet. It just and and yeah. that's that's the the slippery slope of anything that people get into. You know, like whether it's like painting figures or collecting, even people who collect things. I'm like that gets stressful too. You yeah, know, it does. you 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 guys talk a lot about the toys on your show and stuff like that. I'm like. I tried the Funko Pop thing when that first started, and I was just getting stressed out. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to chill with it and not let this become a ruler of my life. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I have a friend. One time he, he sends me a picture, and he's at Target before they open, hoping to get some exclusive pop. And I'm like, ugh. Like, that just gives yeah. me anxiety seeing that, you know? Like, yeah. Because that's – and you kind of have to be that way, or you're if you really want it, you have to go in that secondary market and pay triple the value, and that's just – it's it's just, like you said it's a slippery slope and it really kind of makes you rethink a lot of decisions when you're like wait a minute what am I doing here? Um, yeah, it's it's very true. It's very true. You're like why is why did I think this was fun? <laughs> well, and, and let's talk a little bit about wreck my podcast. So you know you guys okay. have been going for several years now, which is it's a really fun concept. And essentially, um, it can be on different things, but maybe it's a movie. You guys watch a movie that maybe you knew as a kid, 
and and you kind of reevaluate did this wreck your childhood did it did it hold up or did it not hold up and i think i feel like more often than not it doesn't necessarily always hold up yeah it, it definitely most times than not it's like well the nostalgia factor is there but this movie is objectively crap <laughs> you know and that's kind of a bummer to wreck that uh but i mean that's why we do it for you right we we watch these movies and we report back so other people do, uh, don't have to but you know when this first started because what i've been doing it for i think three years this last april um was how long it's been going and when i first came up with this idea it was more like you know i was thinking about the disney channel original movies like mm-hmm. brink and johnny tsunami and i was like oh man those were so cool how fun would it be for me and my friends to get together grab some beers and just sit around and watch these movies and kind of like joke about them kind of like a mystery science theater 3000 type right. deal and so i talked to my friends i'm like hey you know podcasting's a thing i work at a company that has a lot of audio and video equipment just lying around so i can definitely i know how to do it i can use that equipment it would really cost us nothing except hosting to kind of get this going uh at the beginning because we were just using scraps pretty much like now i've spent the money to get like legit setups and all that kind of stuff but at the beginning we're like yeah let's give it a shot you know uh if anything if it fails we got to hang out and have some beers and reminisce on some stuff and and hang out so the 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 origins of the show were quite humble in the sense that i had to kind of reach out to friends every week and be like, who's available and wants to waste a few hours of their week this oh, week? You know, by so, the way, you need to watch Brink. You know? yeah, and by, yeah, and by the way, you're watching a crappy movie on top of it. But <laughs> I, uh, it's a, if, it, the very beginning, I'd say the first 25 episodes, like the first half of the year, different, different members every episode. I, and I remember that. I felt like it, was kinda, it kind of rotated almost. Oh, yeah, and I feel like that kind of was a detriment because you never really got to know – single people except for me i was the only constant on the show so it was and you know how when you start a new show it takes you a few episodes to kind of learn the dynamics of the people who are on it i never really yeah i never really gave people the chance so i finally it's funny because cam uh, who's a staple of the show now i literally met him because of the podcast um I was really scrounging for guests to come on because my friends are kind of like, well, I've already done it with you. Like, I don't really want to do it again, you know? And (laughs) go ahead. Well, I was going to say, like, that's the thing with podcasting. I've learned is most people are like, yeah, that sounds fun until they realize it's every week. Now it's work. And they're like, "Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know, man. We've already watched six crappy movies. I don't know if I can do a seventh, you know? And so you have to find – like I, I really looked out with Bane early on because he got mm-hmm. it. Like he, he realized like okay, because th- of his music background, this is work, and you need that, you need that constant of of wanting to be able to produce this stuff. Otherwise, it won't work out. Yeah, and and I guess I I'm lucky, but also slightly cursed in the sense that I do have four guys on the show. Because if you listen to like your podcast or like other podcasts, I listen to like. Elite Eight Showdown, allegedly, and uh, (laughs) some other people, it's always like two people, and then they might have a third guest on. And it really does kind of make it a little bit easier to podcast when you have fewer people. I've learned that the hard way, but I'm not going to tell the guys that they can't be on the show anymore because, you know, they're part of the show now. They've really kind of helped mold it into what it is. But it's difficult having that many people on a show and getting schedules to work out and all that. Um, but with that to say, Cam was just a guy who was chilling at a brewery that I love to go to, and he was at a trivia night, and we started talking, I think, about, like, Pokemon or something. And then he was like, yeah, dude, I'm really into Star Wars. I'm going to go see Solo, a Star Wars story coming out next week. And I was like, oh, we're watching that, and I have a podcast, so, like, do you want to come on? 
like we're all going to see it opening weekend and then on Sunday you can hop on and we'll talk about it. He's like, yeah, sure, I'll be there. So literally I had had like one conversation with him at a bar and then I was like, hey, come on to my show and then he just never left. <laughs> but that's, a, that's such a cool story though because it's like literally you meet this guy and had you not had a podcast, it would have probably been that's where the conversation ended. You know, maybe you see him later on, but it's like you build yeah. a friendship over the podcast, which is really cool. Oh, totally. Yeah. Like I started hanging out with him more than most of my other friends at that point. And even to this day, I mean, Joe, Craig, and Cam are the people I talk to the most, sure. especially moving to a different state now because I have to talk to them weekly. So, you know, it's, it is really cool because I've, I, these, the podcasting community is such a interesting, uh, arena because you make these friendships and you you guys have touched on this before all the time. I think you talked about, um, is it Travis Fowler you were mm-hmm. supposed to go to WrestleMania with? Sure. Yeah, you know these people, you talk to them weekly, if not daily, but you've never met them in person. Like uh, us, we've yeah. never met in person, but you know we communicate quite frequently, so it's it's super cool that you create these bonds like that. Well, and I always kind of touch on the fact that it's like, like me and you talking right now, the chances of us ever meeting in life are very, very slim. But here mm-hmm. we are having a conversation because we met through podcasting randomly, you know, and – yeah, I, to me, I think it's it's a really cool thing, and you know, yeah, it can be daunting, and yeah, it can kind of take over your life if you're not careful. But um, f- funny story, there's a an Instagram page called WrestleBotch, and I don't know if you follow it or not. It's definitely worth following if you don't. But yes, yes, I know WrestleBotch. <laughs> I, I had that guy on the show uh, probably about a year or two ago, and he was talking mm-hmm. about doing the page and how it started gaining steam, and all of a sudden Steve Austin's commenting on there, and so like it really started taking off. And so he started like, okay, I'm going to post a video every day on have a different way I posted or a different theme. And then he was like, then I was taking videos and like side by side, like similar things that happened Then four. It's like, so I'm spending hours editing this, this video. And all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute, what am I doing? You know, like, yeah, it, it just, it becomes a thing where it's, it becomes a huge thing and you don't even realize it. And all of a sudden you're like, I'm spending all of my time on this and it can definitely be a a very daunting task, but but I think you know we all go through that transition. You talked about kind of finding your footing and and you know you having to coordinate four schedules. I know with me and Bain trying to coordinate two schedules can be difficult if if they mm-hmm. don't quite line up. So four, I can only imagine because um, we still all want to live life, and also you're giving guys homework. Like oh, yeah, we need a podcast, but by the way, you need to go watch Ernest Scared Stupid, you know because. You know, Brian oh, Breaker yeah. suggested it on Patreon or something. You know? <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah, that, that was that was a great one. <laughs> Which I, you've said before, like I love Ernest movies. Incorrect. I love the concept of Ernest movies. I don't actually yes. love Ernest movies. I think the concept tell of, you. of this bumbling idiot involved in something he doesn't understand is kind of funny. But the movies themselves don't yeah. exactly hold up. I think we got you back though, because I think we forced you guys to watch Santa with Muscles. Is you, to you, be like five you indeed did, and that one was awful. <laughs> oh yeah, that's worse. That's I'd say that's worse than than Ernest, uh, but it's also like it's Hulk Hogan. So what can you do? You know, <laughs> right? You don't expect much going in, and you certainly don't. It does not deliver in any way. It's a horrible. No. <laughs> Yeah, that's the that's the prime stuff you get on Wreck My Podcast is things like Santa with Muscles, Ernest Saves Christmas. I mean, we really get the top-tier movies on there. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and I think that's what's kind of fun because I, I listened to the episode you guys did a few weeks back on Blank Check because mm-hmm. and me and Bane even talked about it on the show because I was like, I loved Blank Check as a kid because I think the concept of this kid who's about our age find, essentially just stumbling into a million dollars – 
he's buying all the stuff we would buy, you know, go-kart tracks mm-hmm. and, you know, virtual reality games, especially back in the 90s when that was kind of a, a thing that you couldn't really come by. So it's mm-hmm. like you kind of live vicariously through that kid, but then you watch it and you realize, like, this is kind of a messed up movie. <laughs> Some of the stuff oh, happens. so so messed up. There's so much. There's so much problematic with that movie, and the least of which is the fact that he can buy that mansion for like three hundred thousand right. dollars. I'm like, ah, not even in the '90s, man. <laughs> right. Yeah, and that's what's that's what's so so funny about it because you you read you really dissect it and you realize like, yeah, okay, this is a uh, this is actually not that good. Not like I remember. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Sometimes, I mean, there's some ones that people want me to watch and I really kind of, I push it to the bottom of the list. Cause I'm like, I don't want to wreck that one. I, I yeah. just don't want to. <laughs> well, and, and me and Bane have talked about that before. It's like, I, you know, I grew up on the teenage mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon. It was mm-hmm. my favorite cartoon as a kid, but I'm like, I feel like if I tried to watch that now, it wouldn't hold up. And I'm kind of wrecking it for myself in that regard. Yeah. I, I gave that one a shot not that long ago. And I think I got through like five or six episodes and then I just started jumping around to, to different, like episodes I remembered, so I'm like, this is. It's kind of how I feel about the X Men animated series too. Like, sure. it's good, it's good, but only certain episodes. There's a lot of filler in there, tons of filler, and you don't realize that as a kid, where it's like, oh yeah, this like three weeks of just trying to sell me toys, and then maybe two weeks of like a good story arc, and that's kind of how it was. Right. But yeah, and I think that's that's pretty commonplace with cartoons and stuff like that too. You know, like in Saturday mornings, it was like you 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 turn on the TV, the episode's halfway over. Like so, we weren't really, I don't think, diving super deep into the stories or anything like that. It's just you know enjoying what it was because it was popular at the time. You know, Power Rangers, all yeah. that stuff. Oh, totally, totally, yeah. So I know you you moved recently, and now you guys oh, are, yeah. are doing Rick my podcast almost like remotely. Which I guess I don't know if you moved before COVID hit or, or exactly how that happened, but um, you're, you're essentially having to kind of basically record similar to what we're doing, like recording through through technology. Which I know you've had mm-hmm. some issues with. I know that that, but that is such a tough thing to do. Oh yeah, I mean honestly, it it there was a month where I was kind of just thinking, should I just stop? <laughs> like I was so frustrated that I was just ready to kind of give it up because I mean, you know, I we have mild success. We're we're keeping the lights on over here and that's about it. You know, we're we're paying the bills. And so it's mostly just doing it out of pure uh enjoyment ourselves of getting to do this thing. Kind of a little bit of narcissism, you it's, know, it's getting, love of the game, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, you know, but I'll tell you what, we're we're in a lot better space. So uh, we, I was so used to recording just with the guys there, and it was so easy. You know, you have your camera set up. You have all the mics right there. I'm able to control things on the fly as we're doing it. And then we get into a scenario where now I'm relying on technology that's failing me 75% of the time. It's a, it's an infuriating thing to do. So we're, we're definitely working out the kinks. We're almost done with, you know, we're almost on the other side of that. But, yeah, I mean, there was – it's hard. I can imagine people who just – I think the technology side of it is really the barrier to entry for a lot of people on this because if you spend time researching, getting ready for a show, you spend an hour or two doing a show, and then you get to the end of all that time and realize none of it's usable, Yeah, that is just disheartening. That, that'll that just kill your drive to do it ever again. So I, I get it why some people kind of call it quits after a little bit on this. But you guys, man, you've been going for like, what, like six or seven years now? Well, yeah, I oftentimes say either we – you know, we started way before we we kind of hit. I think we started doing it a little bit before the podcast boom, like maybe just a smidge, mm. and then podcasting kind of started taking off and becoming bigger. And you know, I I relied on Bane a lot early on with 
the technology side of things because I because I knew he had music on iTunes, so I thought, well, mm-hmm. he figured out how to get his music on there. He can certainly figure out how to upload a podcast. And uh, and what's funny is we we joked about this before, but I I asked him I was like, so you know how to do that? And he's like, oh yeah. He didn't. He had to figure it out, but he did. You know. Oh yeah. <laughs> and stuff like that. Fake it till you make it, man. <laughs> right. And so I remember we recorded like my our very first ever episode. Uh, I was uh, at my parents' house, and we recorded like at a kitchen table. We're not really thinking mm-hmm. of acoustics or anything like that, and you know, we we don't we don't know anything about this. And my parents had like a smoke detector that was like low on battery, so it beep. And so like that was happening in the background. Like the acoustics were bad. Like the sound quality was just awful. And yeah, like you said, it's like oh, like that's our first episode. And then as you know, when you upload something to like Apple. It doesn't always show up right away, which you're like, I remember he uploaded. He's like, I don't know what's going on. It should be up. And, and so like, yeah. then we realize, oh, there's that period of getting approved through Apple. Yep. Then the episodes yep. come up regularly. So, you know, it's like, like you said, it's trial and error. It's fake mm-hmm. until you make it. And then, um, and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I think for us, we've, we've never tried to make this like a, like a business, I guess we've always tried mm-hmm. to treat it as a hobby. We have our Patreon and we make a little bit of money off of that, but it's, relatively small considering the time and effort and equipment we bought to do it. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a love of the game type of thing, which I think is a lot of podcasters, you know, I've never, but I also, oh, totally. I, I also look at it this way. It's like, if we, if we were podcasting to, to make a living, I feel like I'd be like way more stressed out, you know, because mm-hmm. you do need the listeners, you do need the sponsors, you need all of that. And then it's not fun. Then it's another job. And so I, I kind of, in a weird way, like being kind of, you know, on the lower end of things where it's just, we're doing it for fun. Yeah. You get to be like that indie band. You don't have to worry about like the record label coming in and telling you, you can't write this or you have to do it this way and stuff. You get to just do it the way you want to do it, which is nice. Right. The the flip side of that is though, if it was, you know, like this was your main source of money, it would be stressful, but at least you'd have more time to devote to it. So at least your exactly. return would be a little bit better, but I'm I'm with you there. I think that cuz I mean there's been a week or two here in the 3 years I've done it where I just didn't get an episode out. And you know when it's a hobby you're like, yeah, whatever. Like it's fine. It's free, you know. No one's going to be that upset about it. Well, yeah, and, and I've seen situations where people, you know, like Jim Ross, I remember very specifically his wife died mm-hmm. and he put out an episode that week. And yeah, that he, oh. Yeah, and he even said on there he goes, "Hey guys, you got sponsors. Got to got to put it out." And I'm just like, oh my gosh, like that's that's rough. That's the other side of it that maybe people don't. And you know, I think no one would have probably thrown fault at him if he didn't. If he just put up a, hey, we're re-releasing a classic episode this week. You know, I don't think anyone would have yeah. been upset by that. But at the same time, maybe that was you know on his end. Maybe he needed that because he needed True. something to take his mind off of it. Never, no one knows for sure, True. but. True. I'd like to think Jr. has enough clout with the fans that he could get away with some stuff, you know? Right, <laughs> like yeah. He could take a week off and we'd all be okay with it. <laughs> right. And, and you know what? I know with podcasting, it's it's always interesting because I, I always look at it like I don't think people don't listen because they like, oh, your show sucks. I don't like it. I think sometimes it's just there's so many out there. and Oh, my gosh, yeah. I mean, I literally, the apps and stuff, it'll say there are millions of podcasts. Yeah, So yeah. And it's true. I, I mean, think, you could listen to so many. I think I saw a statistic that said so, – because, like, I, I wish I would have started, like, in 2011 or 2012, you know, like, because if you started early enough, you kind of just a shoe in because 
there weren't that many podcasts out right. there. Now it's like it's really hard because I th- I saw like I want to say it's like 1.2 million podcasts have been released since podcasts have been like shows have been released since podcasts became a thing. Right. But right now only like 70,000 have gone longer than a year without quitting. I believe so it. So yeah, if you think like 70,000 compared to 1.2 million, that's quite small, but 70,000 is still – imagine 70,000 TV shows like on TV and stuff. Like there's not that many shows going on at one time right. on television, you know? And so you really are putting yourself in a position where it's like, well, I got to carve out this little niche. I got to find my little community and then just kind of hold on to them and that's – that's all you can really do. You're not going to find that like mass appeal and very small like circumstances happen where some people do. But I feel like in podcasting, unless you're a celebrity starting a podcast, you're not going to get celebrity status. No, I I would agree with that. And I think it's also a bubble. I think that bubble will burst with certain people Mm -hmm. at a certain point. And I could see people getting into this, you know, say in 2020 or 2021 now thinking like, Oh, I can make a lot of money on this. It's like, Mm -hmm. well, you can probably make money. I don't know if you can make a lot of money. I mean, I don't know exactly how that works, but I could see people maybe if they are a celebrity thinking dollar signs as opposed to just wanting to do it for fun and realizing like, ah, I'm not making as much as I thought because it's hard to maintain listeners when there's all this other entertainment out there. Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, like there are there are companies out there that will literally give sponsorships to anyone like Built Bar yeah. or Raise Energy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they just they just throw out sponsorships like it's uh, you know toilet paper. <laughs> he's like, Big Chuck is just seething right now, and I love. Oh, that. he's so mad! He's so mad! <laughs> oh yeah, uh, good. Stuff. I think that's the other side of it too. I love that we've created not only like fans of the show, but we have frenemies of our shows too. You know, it's it's fun to get to talk crap <laughs> on people. Absolutely, and and that's kind of the uh, the fun thing about like we we talked earlier about the PHPW. It's like Big Chuck's a character mm. on there. I think your character wrestled him one time, so it's kind of like oh yeah, it's like that weird thing. But it it also in a weird setting kind of gives everyone something to talk about. Like yeah, well, my you... favorite thing ever, my favorite thing ever is you and Bane were talking about if you were going to be on the floors the floors lava. You were like, we want Jordan to be on with <laughs> us, you know, and 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 <laughs> Big Chuck decides to upload a video of him running around a playground being like an audition video for you guys, which right. is the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> oh, and I remember, and, I, and I'm sure you've been there too, like when you podcast, sometimes you don't always remember everything that you talk about, like, because mm-hmm. yeah. it kind of goes fast, and I remember thinking, like, why did he send that to us? Like, <laughs> and, and you know, Bane was like, oh, it's because of the Floor's Lava audition. I was like, oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah I, it's like, so- I stand by that. I think you'd be a good third because I'm not sure how good we would do, but <laughs> Big I, Chuck would I definitely think not be I, I would have pick. fun. Yeah. yeah, I would definitely have fun with it. That's for sure. I don't know if I'd be good either, but I would have fun with it. <laughs> well, and now they're they're relaunching, you know, Legends of the Hidden Temple, and supposedly yes. it's like in a real jungle, and I was talking to Bane about that. He goes, well, I, I may have issues if there's going to be snakes. I was like, hey, if you're in a real jungle, there's going to be snakes. I mean, you know. I mean, yeah, if they turn it into like a fear factor type thing, like right. I'd, I, I'd be down for Legends of the Hidden Temple if it was like, hey, jump down these stairs and then a guy dressed in a, a silver thing is going to pop out at you. I'm good with that. But if you're making me eat like weird cricket nuts or something, like I don't want that. Yeah, I think we'll draw the line there. Like, no thanks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I'm good. I'm good. Mark Summers or whoever. Who was the host of that one? Mark uh, Summers was the host of Double Dare, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was a different guy. I remember he would wear like 
almost like hiking shorts. Like he was like a, yes. you know what I mean? And that, yeah, I love that show as a, as a kid because it was like, oh, like that's fun. But I remember like the temple guards would come out and you'd have to give them like yeah. a, a little like token thing to, to go away and stuff. And yeah. and then that stupid puzzle that was literally just three pieces. like but, And no one could how, get it right. <laughs> how was that difficult? I don't understand. And it's like you're like screaming at your TV, turn it around. <laughs> I know, man. Kid, kids were dumb in the '90s. We, yes. we were all dumb in the '90s. <laughs> What's funny is we we did like a watch along episode on our Patreon one time just to think. I wonder how this holds up. Kind of, not like wreck my podcast, but kind of like that. You know, like let's just yeah. let's just see how this is. And like and right away they they did like this race and two teams were eliminated. And of course they do the little sponsor. Um, teams that are not advancing to the next round get a prize pack of nerds. And I'm like, literally, yeah. <laughs> that's what they're giving them is a box of nerds, like because. They were on Legend of the Hidden Temple. Like, that's what you win. I was like, at that the time. That be like a king-size box of nerds. <laughs> right. But I was like, at the time, I was like, what a terrible prize. Like, hey, you can go yeah. to this boat race on TV, and if you don't win, well, you get a box of nerds. It's like, wow. Yeah. I think I think back then, though, you maybe you know, but weren't they filming all that at Nickelodeon Studios in Universal Florida? And it was kind of a thing where it was like a – ride almost where it was like hey you got now we're coming to the studios we'll pick kids out of the audience we'll film these things really quick and then push you through like out the door and bring in the next batch of people in like an hour or two and that's why they weren't giving them prizes because like being on the show was kind of the prize i, I think you're right and in, in fact i actually heard like when they did uh, nickelodeon guts because that had like mm-hmm. that huge setup what they would actually do is yeah. like, day one would be like the first round for like five episodes because they mm-hmm. had to break it all down and then do, like, the next big obstacle. And so, like, day yeah. two, all the teams would come back, like, for the, those five episodes and do the day two stuff, which was, like, the next challenge. And I was like, oh, wow. So, it, like, took them, like, a week to film five episodes. But, like, you know what I mean? They did it kind of in segments like that. And I guess the host yeah. would have to change his shirt every time and stuff. So Yeah. Because I have a vivid memory of I was probably like eight or nine years old, and I remember being in Florida with my family because my family used to go with my my mom's cousin's family to uh, Florida for like a Disney World trip like every year or two kind of thing. And I have a vivid memory that we had a babysitter one day so all the parents could like go out and do their own adult thing and stuff. And the babysitter was like, my husband works at Nickelodeon Studios. If you want, when you go tomorrow, I can get him to get you on Double Dare. And you would think as a kid that would be, like, the coolest thing ever, but I was such, like, an awkward, anxious child. I was like, no, I don't want to be in front of people. But I have that <laughs> I have that memory of them being like, oh, yeah, we can get you on because we just pull kids out of the crowd kind of thing. And I was like, oh, that's how it works? Like, these aren't – because when you're a kid, you're like, oh, these kids had to, like, audition and right. sign up. It's like, no, they were literally pulling them out of the crowd if they wanted to be on. Right. Well, and that, and that's what's what's funny about it is you you could probably tell they probably literally were like, okay, we need to record X number of episodes over these next several days. Let's find like Double Dare. I think was like two kids usually, and mm-hmm. I don't even know if they knew each other. So it might just be like, hey, you guys want to be on the blue team? Like, okay, you know. And yeah, it's it's very true. Yeah, man, those those were the times. I see. I see pictures now of what Nickelodeon Studios used to be, and they're just like boring buildings that yeah. like are office buildings now. And I'm like. Man, the 90s was such a cool time, but also kind of just, like, so out there and ridiculous. It's like if – it's almost like if the 80s were more pastel-colored. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Instead of neon, you know. <laughs> we just don't have that anymore. Well, I agree. And it's – you know, we've we've done, you know, episodes and stuff about the differences of the 90s because I watched uh, that – 
that documentary, The Last Blockbuster. I don't know if you've seen that or not on Netflix. Not yet. It's, it's on. It's on the list, but I haven't seen it yet. It's worth watching because they really dive into like the uh, the the process of the feeling of renting a movie and what that was mm-hmm. like. And I'm like, oh man, I do miss that. But it's like that can't really return because I don't even have a DVD player hooked up right now. You know? Oh yeah, it, I, I totally agree with you. It's just changed so much, and it, it's that weird thing of like CDs not really being a thing. Like they are, but. I don't know anyone that buys CDs anymore mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. So it's, it is, it is kind of weird how like that technology has changed and now it's like way easier for us, but the nostalgia of how we used to do it is not there. And it's just, it's a very strange thing. But I mean, I remember, you know, I mean, you were a kid of the nineties, get home from school, you flip the channels. That's how you found your entertainment. Yep. And, and you always knew like the four or five channels that right. you liked. So like sometimes they were close together, but sometimes you're like 32 and 68, you know? Right, <laughs> right, exactly. And, and like the summertime, they would do like the marathons of all the uh, mm-hmm. Nickelodeon shows and stuff like that. And it's like now like my nephew watches goofy stuff on YouTube and I'm just like, hmm, you know, like that's – it's so strange to me, but that's how he finds his entertainment. But I mean maybe it's no stranger than – Back in the day, people listened to the radio shows. Now they listen to our podcast, you know? So Yeah, that's true. But I think one thing that's very different with kids than <clears throat> when we were younger is the fact that, okay, you had a certain block of shows that were on, whether you liked it or not. So you would watch a show, even if you weren't a huge fan of it, you're like, well, it's on before the show or after the show I do like. Absolutely. And I want to watch TV, so I'm just going to watch it. Where now, if you don't like a show, it's just like, meh. I'll scroll over to the thing I do like and pick that because it's on demand all the time. So kids don't have to deal with that anymore. It's like, yeah, maybe I'm not a huge fan of, like, Doug, which is sacrilegious. But maybe I'm not a huge (laughs) fan of Doug, but I'm still going to watch it. (laughs) Right. Well, and, and yeah, and I think it's the same with renting a movie because if you you drove all the way to Blockbuster, rented a VHS, Mm -hmm. drove all the way back, you paid your money for it, you pop it in. You're not going to watch it for five minutes and be like, next, this sucks. You know, you're going to, you're oh, going to, yeah. you're going to watch it. And unless it's just really, really bad. But now yeah. it's like, I don't know how many times I've turned on something on, on, you know, Netflix or Hulu or something. And a couple minutes in, I'm like, nope, next. You know, you just, you don't think, you don't really give things a chance anymore. Yeah. I think it does speak to that there is a wider gap between success and failure now in TV shows and movies because we do, the, the audience literally has like the Caesar ability to thumb up or thumb down the Coliseum now because, you really don't have to – you can just do whatever you want. You know, It's all on demand. You you don't like something, you don't pay for it. You you like something, then you pay the extra money to get that streaming service and you watch it. So it's, yeah. a, it's a crazy time we're living in. I definitely do not envy uh, creative types that are making movies and stuff like that because I feel like it's probably one of the most difficult times to be doing it. Oh, no doubt. And I think with COVID hitting um, when mm-hmm. it did – how the movie theaters kind of were basically shut down and no new movies came out besides stuff on like streaming services. And now I think the, the mindset is we got to get people back in the theaters. Yeah. But, and they're, they're but, using things like Dune to force us back in. I just saw Warner brothers was like, yeah, I know we said all of 2021, the movies are coming to HBO max, but uh, we lied. <laughs> now right. Dune's going only to theaters. I'm like, well, that sucks. Well, yeah, it's like, I know they released that trailer for the new Venom movie and, mm-hmm. and Bane pointed out how in the trailer said exclusively in theaters. So, yep. you know, but that was the, that was the whole way they did it back in the day. Right. That's the only way to watch these movies. That's why we went, if we could have watched them at home, we probably would have, and yeah. that's how they got people in the theater. So who knows if that'll if that'll change anything? But it's definitely 
it's definitely going to be interesting over the next several months. Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge fan of the theater. I know that Bane is like not. I think you you're a fan of the theater going experience. If, I am, minus yeah. the minus the people. Like and like, yeah, for me, it's it's not that I I love the theater. I mean, I I don't exactly love spending a lot of money, but I feel like there's always a a certain memory you have of going to the theater, getting your ticket, smelling the popcorn, finding mm-hmm. your your you know your seat, the sound, the screen, all that stuff. And yeah, there can be bad experiences, but ultimately it is a, an enjoyable time. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of the movie theater going experience, and for the most part, I go by myself because honestly, after after years of like you know you try and find people to go with, I've realized. Why did I do that? Because one, you're never really talking. You kind of right. you get there, you're like, "Hey," and then you sit down and you shut up for two and a half hours, and then you're like, "That was awesome." All right, see ya. Like, yeah. So it's like, why am I trying to coordinate with other people? Um, and I realized that when I don't coordinate with other people, it's very easy just to roll up. Like, I'll go see a movie. Like when the big movies come out, like Star Wars, Marvel, all these ones that are real popular, I'll go see like an eight a.m. showing on a weekday. Right. You know, and just roll in five minutes before, watch the movie leave and it's like cool i got to have that experience but there wasn't a lot of like commotion going on it wasn't you didn't have to get there a half hour early to get seats together all of that so i'm a huge fan of the movie going experience but i'm i'm with you that it's starting to get too expensive for what it's worth i'm kind of like all right i could spend 15 dollars on a ticket or i could just wait and buy this movie for 10 right. <laughs> and wait till it's at home and that's part of the struggle and i mean i've done that before too where um, you know, my job, I, I do shift work. So I'm, I'm working a different schedule pretty much every week. And so there's some weekdays where I'm off and it's mm-hmm. like, hmm, okay, I could go tomorrow at 9am and watch a new movie and no one's going to be there. Mm-hmm. That's kind of nice. But I've noticed a lot of the theaters here that are opening back up are only opening on the weekends, like peak times. Yeah. So that's like, yeah. Ugh, okay, well that kind of sucks. So yeah, so I, I, I went and saw the, the latest Spider-Man movie, which was the, the far from home, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that was the last one. And um, I went and saw that by myself um, at a matinee, and it was great. And, you know, mm-hmm. six or something dollars to get in wasn't crazy expensive. So it wasn't a bad time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just had a really cool theater-going experience, actually. Um, uh, new co- I have I got a new job uh, at the end of last year, and so I have a bunch of new coworkers. And one of my coworkers was like, hey, my wife and I, we're going to rent out a theater at the AMC in town. Uh, and there's a bunch of movies we can pick from. Let's pick a movie, and we all pick Back to the Future. And it was oh, literally nice. only six of us. It was my coworker and his wife, me and my wife, and then another coworker and her boyfriend. And it was just six of us in a whole theater to ourselves watching Back to the Future. And I was like, this is awesome because I realized, and I don't know if this is always, but the theaters around here, it was $100 to rent out the theater on a Saturday night. I was like, if you get 10 people to go, that's $10 a person, and... and it's like an empty theater. Well, so like, even like, if you guys d- divided that three ways, what is that? Thirty-three bucks a couple. Yeah, like that's not bad. Not bad at all. And honestly, no. if you and your wife had gone, that would, you'd have probably spent that much, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. That, that's crazy to me that it's that cheap. I would have never guessed. Yeah, and I think it's probably just because of COVID and like there's not a lot of movies out, so they're trying just to get like some of the theaters get some use out of them and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah. I'm sure that normally it'd be like, oh, it's five hundred bucks to rent out a theater if like things were up and running. But right now, I'm like, take advantage of that. That's amazing. Yeah, that's, I would have never guessed that. That's, that is a great thing, man. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Then to kind of switch gears here, um, you know, I, the, I call this show You Know It's Fake, right? Because mm-hmm. it's, I think, the, the go-to question uh, that we all get if people find out we're in wrestling or fans of wrestling. And 
I don't think you're you're probably the biggest wrestling fan, but I I feel like you you uh, you do enjoy it. I mean, it'll mm-hmm. it'll be brought up on your show from time to time. Is that right? Oh yeah, totally. You know, like I I like most people. I was probably a little bit more of a late bloomer than most people. Most people get into it when they're like young kid, like eight eight years old, and you're like, oh, this is amazing. It's like modern day gladiators, so cool. I was more junior high level when I started getting into it, and then I hit high school. I really didn't keep up with it until like the end of college, and I got really back into it because my father-in-law now, who was at the time my girlfriend's father, was a huge wrestling fan. I mean, like, I can't really name drop things he's done, but he's a graphic designer, and he's done some stuff for some people and some promotions. I'll leave it at that. So, oh, like, nice. he's, a, he's a huge fan, right? Um, so I was like, cool, I'm going to get back into this so I can kind of talk to him about things. And then I got sucked in for, like, three years, like, back into the black hole of wrestling where – Monday nights was Raw, Wednesday nights was NXT, Friday nights was SmackDown. I was watching all the pay-per-views. AEW rolls around, so I'm checking out the AEW pay-per-views. Now AEW Dynamite or whatever it's called is on. And so I was like literally just like four or five nights a week engulfed in it. And I think last year I got rid of my Twitch TV, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to cool it (laughs) with the wrestling for a bit and just watch the big four over the next year and kind of – because you know how it is. Like you're in the industry, you were in the industry, so it's maybe a little bit different for you. But as a fan of wrestling, sometimes you got to detox a little bit because it, it's becomes... even more so when you're in the industry. Actually, <laughs> yeah, I guess that makes sense because you know it's it's kind of like how like I always say it's like male soap operas, right? Yeah. Because it's it's like what us got. It's like the the overacting kind of thing, but like with with muscles involved and like a lot of cool fighting and stuff like that. So I'm always like, sometimes you just need to detox and then come back. And then the storylines are a little bit fresher because to be honest, it's an infuriating sport to watch. Um, mostly because it's mostly because it does rely on some like people who maybe are a little too old to be deciding things anymore, Mm -hmm. getting their fingers all over the product. Yeah, uh, and it just gets infuriating. Of course, I'm talking about Vince McMahon, but uh, <laughs> he—he's a listener. He's going to be hunting you down. Oh yeah, big <laughs> listener. He's—I he, just heard him. He just said, "There's no chance, yeah, uh, no, no chance, chance in hell." hell. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I feel like it's just sometimes like I was really, really—I—I kind of had my glass shattered a bit ago because I loved Undisputed Era. They were like my favorite thing in the modern era right now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam Cole, coolest guy ever. I just found out, I think maybe from your show, that they're not together anymore. Right. That's 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 disheartening to me. I'm like, why would you do that? And I think that's that's the thing about wrestling. I, I have determined, you know, kind of stepping away from the business a little bit. And my belief is wrestling is kind of, and I, and I think people may take this the wrong way, but I don't mean it disrespectfully. Wrestling is trash TV. And what I mean mm-hmm. by that is it's like The Bachelor or The Amazing Race. It's these shows that you get very wrapped up in, but are really maybe not the greatest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. But in that moment, you're all in on it, right? Like, you're like, oh, yeah. this is great. Like, you know, I can't, I wonder who's going to get the next rose on The Bachelor. And it's like, you think about it, the concept is, is kind of goofy, but when people get into it, they're very, very passionate about it. And wrestling, I think, everybody kind of finds it in different ways or, or what keeps them involved or whatever. But you were talking about all that stuff you're watching. Wrestling's very notorious of this. Is like they start adding more and more and more. And then, as I said before, I don't sometimes feel like the answer is always more wrestling. I feel like mm-hmm. 
I, I NXT launched that UK brand about two years ago or whenever that was, and it's like, oh, that's yeah. kind, that's kind of cool. You got all these UK guys giving them a place to work, but that's another show. Then yeah. I hear rumors of NXT Mexico, NXT Japan, and it's just like that's a lot of wrestling. And then there's not a, to mention two hundred five live was on it, and like there was so right. much stuff going on. Yeah, and then like I would see people tweet like from the company, like if you're not watching two hundred five live, you're missing out. And I'm like, I don't know if anyone's watching two hundred five live, and it's not a knock on them. It's that's a lot of wrestling. It, it's yeah, it's so much. It would be like. You know, like, I, I know guys who are massive football fans, but they don't have the NFL package where it's, like, every single mm-hmm. game ever, you know, because who can watch that much? It's just, like, most of us, when we have a spare time to watch television, we don't want it to be 100% consumed by wrestling. Because I know there were times when I was, like you, I was trying to watch everything because I was mm-hmm. kind of young in the business and trying to make a name for myself. And I would look at my DVR and I have nine episodes of Monday Night Raw and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, it's just – it's it's daunting. It's like I can't watch that much. That's just too much. And Yeah. And now I think with Twitter and, and stuff like that, it kind of basically just replays the big stuff. And you realize like, yeah. well, I can watch – I don't have to watch Monday Night Raw. I can watch clips and kind of still be fresh with what's happening. Yeah, I actually have found more enjoyment out of listening to podcasts talk about wrestling than watching the product mm-hmm. itself. Like, you guys always do a weekly recap. There's uh, two guys called Steven Larson that I listen to who do recaps and stuff. Like, I, I am, I'm more into that. And I'll, like I said, they, they kind of, WWE has kind of done it to themselves, honestly, where they've made an environment where I can watch the big four and I'm not missing a thing because they recap everything before every episode i'm like i didn't need to watch the last three months of wrestling because you're giving it to me right here in a nice little two and a half minute video package no yeah no doubt and and like this will kind of date the show a little bit because this won't drop for a few weeks but they did a pay-per-view i think on sunday and they had zombies in there like like actual like movie looking zombies as the lumberjacks and i was that like the fiend was a part of that or something what was going on with that no it wasn't it was the miz and damian priest who what? Damian, yeah yeah like legit look it up like they had like a movie that's so weird a movie visual effects guy that made all these people look like zombies oh my gosh yeah and i'm that's just looking weird. at that like the traditionalist in me is like what but then there's other people that are like you know because jericho he got trashed a little bit by wwe saying oh that blood and guts match set the mm-hmm. business back 30 years so he gets on there and tweets zombies that set the business back 30 years you know because <laughs> Because that's the yeah. thing you always hear in the wrestling business. You are like you are killing the business. Like it will no yes. longer exist because this one decision you made. And it's just like okay, yep. come on now. And uh, I mean, can can we really? I mean, honestly, are zombies any worse than like uh, some of the stuff that happened back in the nineties? I mean, there was oh, yeah. there was some pretty crazy stuff. I mean, didn't someone give birth to a hand or something May, like May that? Young one hundred percent gave birth to a hand. But I remember yeah. even in the two thousands, they were doing like these diva search contests where mm-hmm. these girls would come out and you had to vote over the computer. And I remember one of the challenges they had to do is they had to go into a room and try to seduce Kamala, who's you oh know smacking his belly and going. And it's like this is, is like crazy. actually on television right now. Like this Oof. is this is actually happening. And you know the zombie thing. What's weird about that is like okay, or either. A, they're just trying to get people talking, or B, it's like, are, are people actually stopping what they're doing? Like, I need to go watch this right now because they had zombies on wrestling, and that's amazing. I, I don't know. Like, I look at it more like I just kind of scratch my head. I'm like, well, that's an interesting choice, but you know, I yeah, think, I, I think you just they're just trying stuff. 
like my first thought was going to something like zombies would be like a fiend thing. I the sure. Miz like is did Damian Priest take a weird shift in character that now he's like an undead type thing, or is he still just like the dude who's Bad Bunny's friend? <laughs> Again, I, I, I watched so little, I don't know. Yeah, I didn't even I know no that idea. they were wrestling on the pay-per-view because I wasn't really following that closely. All of a sudden, I come and I'm like seeing pictures of all these zombies and I'm like, wait, what? Is this like a commercial? And apparently, yeah. it's something to do with a Batista movie that's coming out involving uh, zombies uh. and it's a cross-promotion. But I mean, you may not be aware of this, but back in like 1990... Sting was going to wrestle Ric Flair, and the yes. four horsemen beat him up, and so RoboCop made the save. I, I remember the RoboCop WCW thing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, you know, someone approved that. Someone's like, yes, this is a good idea. This is Well, I mean, how many years ago was it at WrestleMania where uh, Triple H came out in, like, full Terminator gear and stuff? And oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> that's cringy. That's yeah, pretty bad. I, I mean, like, and that's the thing is I think wrestling – I've said this about, like, the show Family Guy. I was like, it will probably offend you at some point. But mm. I, I I felt the strategy of Family Guy was to be so over the top that the censors can't take out everything. Yes. Because then there wouldn't be a show. So they they have to they have to draw the line somewhere. And I was like, wrestling will offend you deeply at some point because there's yeah. so much goofy stuff. Like, I mean and, – and some of the stuff, like, that they did in the 90s, like evening gown matches or bra and panty mm. matches and – you know, just I, I mean, I remember, you know, being a teenage boy, you know, at the horniest you will ever be in your entire life and watching these girls strip each other down to their bras and panties and thinking like, that's that's kind of weird. you know, <laughs> like Yeah. Well, it's kind of like a dumb thing, too, where I'm like, uh, could we not have them do something a little bit more athletic and, and you know, interesting in the ring? But back yeah. then, I guess not. Well, or them having like some of the girls that were just more like models that weren't really wrestlers. Hey, we're yeah. gonna have you in a pillow fight match, and there would yeah. be like a bed set up in the ring, and they'd hit pillows with each other. And I'm like, who's who approves this? Who's thinking like, man, this is a great idea. Like this is this is top quality entertainment. Like it's so it's so bizarre that we that we see stuff like that, you know? Because you're thinking, yeah, hmm, I wonder why. Anyway, I guess we can all be guilty of a bad idea, but usually any bad idea I have. I'm aware, like very early on, like, oh, that wasn't good. But mm-hmm. to, to, to approve something like that and keep doing it, it just, it's very strange. Well, yeah, talk about like wreck my podcast type stuff. It's right. like we all put the attitude era on this pedestal. I'm like, they have some good moments, definitely, but they have a lot more terrible moments than they have good moments. So it's like you really don't want to go back and venture too far into that nostalgia because it does just destroy it for you. Oh, well, yeah, because I think we all remember, like, Stone Cold pouring the cement in Vince McMahon's mm-hmm. car. Like, that's fun. Yeah. Or the beer truck or the Zamboni, all those big moments. But, yeah, for every time they did that, they had something really offensive, probably, you know, or, oh, yeah. or whatever it might have been. And so, like, yeah, and I think sometimes it's not so much that it was the Attitude Era was great. I think it was just that's when the business was really hot. And that's mm-hmm. when people were into it. So that's what we remember fondly. But at that same time, people were changing the channel a lot. So you didn't get the full yeah. the full story either side. You're kind of watching in highlights, which, you know, I think nowadays if they did a 30-minute recap show going over everything that happened on, on the week of wrestling, that would be more my take than, like, trying to watch the full shows. Oh, yeah. I totally agree. I mean, like, I – Near the end of when I stopped watching every every time, I was doing, like, the Hulu versions just because it was so much quicker yeah. than watching, like, three hours of a show and stuff like that. I will tell you this. Maybe I have I don't watch as much, but 
I still am fully invested in the industry because there's something wrestling aside, the whole concept of the industry is what has infatuated me from the moment I got into it. Because, you know, when I started watching in like the late 90s, around 2000, it was kayfabe was not necessarily dead, but kayfabe was out of the closet, right? You know, like every I knew I knew that not not that it was fake. I knew that like these people most and I'll tell you the story mostly because firsthand experience of someone telling me I knew that like these guys who were fighting most of the time weren't like actually angry with each other or they were like friends in the back or like colleagues and stuff like that. And I knew because um, Sting uh, Stephen Borden his kids went to my school. Oh so, really? Yeah, I so I that. yeah, so Garrett Borden was I think a year or two younger than me and then his other son his other son, I think his name was also Steven, um was my best friend's younger brother's best friend. So my friend who got me into wrestling was that friend. Oh. And Sting's kid was over at the house all the time too, and so there were multiple times we would like see Mr. Borden around. He was the coach on my high school football team and stuff. So, like, it, it was just, like, having that firsthand experience as well where they're like, eh, it's an industry, you know, it's like any other sport or entertainment industry. You know, we, we go in, we do our thing. Um, and I think what I've always liked about it is because it's the hybrid of what they say is sports entertainment, right, you get the cool, fun stuff of a sporting event, but you also get the fun drama and and storylines of watching a TV show, which are like two of my favorite things combined into one. Which is, so I think that I was always more infatuated with with rather than the wrestling, like the idea of like because so I'd find myself sometimes I would like skip some matches and just go to promos and stuff like that because I was like so just enthralled with the 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 like how the art of making promos and acting in the ring and like making sure you hit these spots and say these things properly and stuff like that. Like I've always, I've always found that to be the most interesting part of it. Man, that's so interesting. Do you say that? But I, but I, I agree because I feel like, you know, and I'm sure you've seen it, a good promo can make you like, Oh, I really want to watch that pay-per-view now. I really want to see this Mm -hmm. match because it does draw you in. And I think that's such a, such an important factor in our industry is because you can have two guys that create this, you know, they have tension, right? There's a reason they're fighting. There's a reason they don't like each other. And it's all going to culminate in this big match of the pay-per-view. And, you know, back in the day when it costs money, it's like, I want to spend my money because I want to see what that happens, you know? And I think that's, mm-hmm. that's the interesting part of it. But I mean, I, I'm sure like for you, I don't know exactly what years those were, but I mean, Sting was as big a name in the wrestling industry as there ever was. Right. But oh yeah, probably seeing him in the trench coat and the white face and the baseball bat. Yeah. But then you see him in real life. And you're like, Oh, he's just a, he's just a normal probably just a normal dad you know yeah it was super weird because like i knew him first as a dad at the school i went to and then i saw him doing all this stuff and i'm like the heck is happening because because <laughs> they i think they moved to our town and his kids went to school after he left wcw okay so i think it was like this weird position where like it it had just ended he had just finished wrestling there and he was kind of moving there and putting his kids in, so he was home a lot more than he was before that, which is why he was getting involved at the school and stuff, sure. and why I was seeing him a lot more. And then when I'm going back and watching like all this WCW stuff, because I'm like new into a new fan into this, and I'm trying to just gobble up everything I can, I'm like, oh my gosh, like that's him. <laughs> what, is, what is going on here? <laughs> yeah. Well, and and I think that's what's so so interesting because 
in in his case, you know, he might be able to slide in and out of places without being recognized because mm-hmm. he he's probably not walking around with a white face all the time, right? You know, yeah, not and, not every day, just Tuesdays, <laughs> right? And so it's like he's kind of got that, you know, way to, to kind of blend in a little. But I mean, I mean, I'm sure he's still a big guy and yeah, he may have saw the longish hair at the time, but still, it's it's kind of crazy to think like you know, it's like wow, that's that's Sting, you know, but. He's a football coach. Like that's it's that's an interesting story for sure. Oh yeah, I I always thought that was like super because like I don't know what it was about my school because also the guy who played Mr. Turner, his kids went to my school in Boy Meets World. Oh nice. Like yeah, he directed the play that my sister was in when she was like in junior high and stuff. So like there's just like I you know I grew up in a town pretty close to Los Angeles, so it makes sense. Sure. That like those people would show up, but just the fact that it's like these things that I was super into and then these people are showing up. I'm like, wow, that's really coincidental. They're like, I'm a big wrestling fan. Here's Sting. I really love Boy Meets World. Here's Mr. Turner. Like, it's just so weird how that turned out. Yeah, that, that, is, that is really – that's really interesting stuff. And, you know, I think sometimes too it's easy to look at someone who has like some sort of celebrity status and think like – you know, like people can get weird, I guess, around celebrities, mm-hmm. but then you realize like they're just they're just normal people. Oh yeah, like that's just what he does for work, you know. And so yeah, that, that's really cool stuff, man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, all that to say, huge fan of wrestling, even though I don't watch it all the time, which is kind of the way I think things are going now. Like you can be a big fan and not have to watch it week to week. I think that's the case for a lot of things because I love like Marvel movies, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of the Marvel, like, cinematic universe, and I've really liked comic book movies since they kind of became a thing, like, in the early 2000s and stuff, but I don't sit there, I don't watch Iron Man every day, you know, I don't, like, yeah, there are times I'm thinking, like, man, I'd really like to go back and watch all of, you know, the Marvel films, but that's, like, 20-plus movies at this point, that's, that's also a daunting task, so Mm -hmm. I think with anything, whatever your fandom is, you have to kind of have the right frame of mind, and I think with wrestling, I think pay-per-views once a month, like that's a lot more doable, you know. Like I watched oh, yeah. WrestleMania this year. That's the first wrestling I like watched live, and I don't know how long. But it was kind of like, oh, but they have fans again. I kind of want to see it. And I think you know the the COVID stuff definitely hurt the business when it was empty arenas, and then oh yeah, and then they had the plants in the ring. Then they did the Thunderdome, and it's like, yep, none of that's really the same. But at least they're trying, you know. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like, I think September 2019, I went to a Raw at the Staples Center, and uh, I'm glad I did, because I don't think we're going to get back to that level of community for a bit now, Um, so that that I'm I'm glad I got to experience that uh, before kind of everything shut down and all that. Now, I find it interesting, because, you know, the whole premise of this show, you know it's fake, right? It's like this idea that... When people find out, either for you, it's uh, personally you're in the wrestling industry, or for me, it's being a fan of wrestling, you say that you're a fan of this, and they just kind of look at you like a, but why? Sure. You know, like they think it's weird. And I've always found that to be a tad bit strange, because I'll have friends that are super into some type of sport, whether it be football, basketball, or even all the sports, right? They they know every single player's name on every team sure. they listen to sports radio all the time they're fully invested they know what teams are drafting who they know all the back end stuff they know all these rumors these things like that they know the drama going on and i'm like you look at me like it's weird that i watch this thing but you are as invested in something that's essentially lateral to it the only difference is that one is slightly predetermined 
and the other is not. And I mean slightly because, obviously, like, you know, you you could have a plan in wrestling, and that could go out the window 30 minutes before your match. So I feel like there's not much difference because they're both athletes. They both take on a lot of risk. They both have to work very hard to get where they're at. And I think wrestling's cooler because at least you get some, like, fun trash talk in between it. So... (laughs) It's one of those things, but I, what I've realized and, you know, doing this show now is for the last few months that I've been doing it, getting everyone's kind of different opinions. I feel like the comment of like, if someone saw you and they knew you did a podcast and you've got a successful career and things of that nature, they might be like, Oh, you like wrestling? And you're like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I do. Like, you know, it's fake, right? Almost as if it's a way of saying, you don't need to watch this and here's why. Yeah, and I'm like, that's not why you watch it. It's not like you're no. sitting there thinking like, man, you know, I cannot wait to see him beat that guy up because I don't like that guy. That's not why you're watching yeah. it. It's watching – to me, it's not – I've never like looked at a Marvel movie like I was talking about earlier and thinking like, oh, that Red Skull, I hope Captain America gets you. You know, I want to yeah. see the story play out. Yeah, and I think people too – like here's the thing, and, and it bugs me too because, you know, they use the word fake, and, and wrestling is far from fake. Wrestling – I mean – the, the the amount of risk you go into in that ring because you're putting your hands your body in someone else's hands sure. it's not always just about your skill it's about who you're working with and the word fake is just so bad and and some people I'm like do you realize that you're saying fake like it's this bad thing but everyone is fake right like yes on 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 my podcast all of us we play caricatures of ourselves we what the you're things trying, we like, yeah we're trying to be entertaining it's like you taking exactly. shots at big chuck it's not to pull yeah. back the curtain too much. We love that guy. It's yeah, about, I love Big Chuck. He's it's about great. It's about joking and throwing a little jab at him. So now he has something to jab back at you. You know exactly. Or I make like some super far right wing joke or something like that, where it's like, oh, that's my thought. I'm like the straight white kid, so I must be conservative. You know, we we play these parts up, and and not only just in podcasts. I'm like, people do that in real life, and they don't even realize it. Like. You at work is probably much different than you are hanging out with your friends, right? So it, same with me podcasting. It's not the same exactly. as me at work, right? Of course, exactly. So like these people, you come over here and you're like, "Well, you know that's fake, right?" I'm like, "You know that you're fake like half the time too, doing more mundane, meaningless things than these people are doing." So why is that such a bad deal? <laughs> well, and not to mention like how fake are a lot of people's perceptions on social media of, of mm-hmm. their life, you know? Exactly. And that's that's what's so to me so interesting about it is I feel like there's always that weird like stigma of of pro wrestling and I think that's like for me it's been hard to navigate those waters at times because I encounter more often than not people that don't get it. And mm-hmm. then I'll that but then I'll encounter some people that do get it. Like there's a guy at my work who gets it and he'll talk to me about wrestling and I can tell he's He's like, I don't really watch it now, but I can tell he's like, he's a fan, you know? Yeah. He he understands it. He he loves watching Dark Side of the Ring, so he'll always bring up the new episodes of that. But then I have another guy at my job who is just – he's just more of a – you know, more of like what we call a mark. Like I remember him mm. talking to me about The Undertaker, and he's like, you know, he does that Tombstone Piledriver. And, I mean, I don't have to tell you. you know, <laughs> Like he, that's a revelation. Yeah, oh, man. He, he, he don't do it just right. But, well, he's going to hurt that guy. And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, but I don't have to tell you that. I'm like, no, you don't, but you are. <laughs> yeah, you are telling me that. But guess what? I'll, I'll let you in on a little secret. Great cup of coffee, Starbucks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're just like, <laughs> oh, God. And it's that weird thing of because of being at work, you're like, I can't escape this conversation. You know? Oh, yeah. And um, 
And like that I, is, and I've told people before, like on the show, like I'll have that random, like awkward silence with a guy, and then all of a sudden I'm like, he's gonna ask me about wrestling. I know it. And they'll be like, so, so you go, you gonna get back in the ring? And I'm like, nope. <laughs> and they're like, okay. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, I love, it's like it's I my way of ending up. it. Like I got to get out of this conversation. I know. I love that you bring up the people feel like they have to say something about it, you know? And I'm like, if, if someone was like, hey, I'm on like a, a softball team, no one would be like, oh, man, wow, really? Did you ever have aspirations of being in the majors? Or like, you know, <laughs> exactly, of course not. No one not, would ask you know? about that. Like, so why do we, <laughs> they just are like, what do you got to, why you got to ask about that? <laughs> well, yeah, and I've told people that before. It's like, you know, I played baseball up until about high school, but if I got in a batter's box today with a wooden bat to try to hit a 100 mile an hour fastball, it ain't going to happen. Like yeah. I'm very well aware that like my baseball playing days are over. And, and, and that's what I think is so interesting to me about pro wrestling. Cause I've, I've gone there with people and they kind of push it. And I'm like, okay, well think about this. I'm six, three, I'm 280 pounds. You're laying on your back. I'm standing on the top rope and I'm going to hit you with an elbow drop. Meaning my arm's going to go right across your chest. If I'm off a little bit, you're dead. Yeah. And they're kind of like, huh? Like, I'm like, it's not done with smoke and mirrors. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not planning to hurt you, but what if the rope turns and my foot slips? You know, what if, you know, whatever happens? Like, you know, and I've had guys get a little flinchy and they move, Ooh, and now yeah. my target's changed, you know, so I'm trying mm-hmm. to do what I can to protect them, and that's kind of like rule number one in wrestling is always protect your opponent, but things happen all the time, and mm-hmm. it's just it's just one of those things that it's it's – it's not that it's frustrating that people don't get it, but it's kind of surprising, I think, that people don't get that. Yeah, I just think people want to relate. I think that a lot of people really want to relate to everyone. Yeah. And so, and and what you bring, your experience is very um, unique. And most people don't run into someone who's, like, let alone, like, knows what to do in the ring, but has actually been in some major promotions and done stuff, you know? So like, I feel like they really want to connect with you on that level, but it's just like really hard to know what to say about it. (laughs) Yeah. And and I think that that is part of it. And, you know, at the same time, like I don't advertise to people I work with. I do a podcast because yeah, what's I've done that before. People are like, Hey man, I'd I'd love to come podcast with you. And I'm like, Oh, okay. We'll start the show. So you're, you're an idiot. The end. Okay. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like, what experience do you have? Like, as we all know, starting off, we all suck. Sure, <laughs> like, no one's yeah. just innately good at podcasting. It takes some time. <laughs> right. And, and there's just, there's that weird, I think it's that weird element of people. Like to me, like this is a creative outlet watching wrestling or being a part of wrestling mm-hmm. to some degree was always that way as well. And it's stuff I felt that it was, it was fun for me to do. I wanted to be a part of it. And I did try to do it as a career early on in my mm-hmm. life. And then when I kind of realized that wasn't going to happen, at least not anymore. I was kind of like, okay, it's time to move on. And, mm-hmm. and it's, and it's, it's hard to dissect that for people, I guess, even though the way I explain it, I feel like it's relatively simple. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard for other people to wrap their heads around, you know, oh, wrestling. And, and then of course, like I, I joke with one of my buddies about this, the second they find out you're a pro wrestler, like, Oh, so did you wrestle in high school? I'm like, no, I didn't, you know, and you like, should have been like, yeah. And I made state championship with a broken freaking neck. <laughs> and that's where I feel like you have to just make stuff up, you know, like yeah. you have to just kind of lie and, and just start throwing random facts at them because like I'll, you know, I'm obviously from Oklahoma. So, Oh, you at OSU are very popular out here. And so every, every time it's like, well, I, you know, I had a cousin wrestled for OSU and I'm like, Oh, okay. And I, and I've told this on the show before, but you know, my new go-to is going to be like, Oh really? I have a friend named Charlie who's a catering chef in New York. Yeah. 
and just through that, so they can look at me kind of blank, like, like what? I thought, <laughs> I thought we were just saying things that didn't matter right now. <laughs> right. I thought we were just making random assessments. I'm sorry. I apologize. So funny. You know, you know what's funny too is you know when you started PHPW. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start cutting some promos, and because as I said, promos are like my favorite thing ever. I, it's, I'm very bad at them, um, but <laughs> I go on way too long, and uh, I, I guess I think I'm Paul Heyman. But anyway, um, I started posting all these promos and everything, and I had like cousins and friends, and they're like, "Are you wrestling now? Like, are you, right. are you doing a match now?" I'm like, "No, it's, it's a." virtual thing like i'm not that cool guys <laughs> don't worry about it it becomes that weird thing of like like i always say like i've never went to a job and told everyone hey guys just so you know i'm a pro wrestler too mm. but guess what it always comes up they always find out you know? yep. so yeah yep. but and that was kind of my thought too with the phpw i was like so few people really got it i think early on because i would i would i would hit up random people like hey man we're doing this like um you know, virtual wrestling thing. Would you like to be on it? Sure. What do I need to do? And I'm like, nothing. We're just going to use your no, likeness. If good. that's okay. <laughs> yeah, you're good. <laughs> if you want to like occasionally give us a retweet, we'd appreciate that. But other than that, like, yeah, n- yep. nothing you need to do. Oh man. It's so funny. It, well, it is. But dude, I don't want to keep you here all night. I really appreciate you joining me on the show. This was a lot of fun to kind of, oh, yeah. kind of we dove all over this, all over the place, but it was a lot of fun. Um, of course, throw us some, some plugs for right. My podcast. Let everyone know. Yeah. Yeah. So if you like things from like the 80s, 90s, early 2000s, you can find Wreck My Podcast on like literally everything. We have a YouTube channel, which we're getting video back soon. Awesome. Um, we just did our first episode of video. I, it came out actually today as we're recording this where we did an around a round table, which is like our segment show. And we got to do it in person because I was back in California for two weeks. Um, and man, did that feel good. It felt so good to have the video back, to be in like the same room with them. So go check out Wreck My Podcast on YouTube, Wreck My Podcast on Apple, uh, Spotify, literally any podcasting app that you use, we're on there. Um, Instagram is a good place to follow us, uh, because we post like what's, what new movies we're doing and stuff like that. We don't really do Twitter anymore. I keep trying to use Twitter. And I keep just, that's the app that I keep forgetting to go on and stuff. So you could follow us on Twitter, but you probably won't be getting too much information from us Twitter's on a there. weird one, is it not? Like, I, I found yeah. more success here recently with Twitter, but it's because it's I found, like, a community of people that I communicate yeah. with a lot. And I think if you don't have that, you feel like all your tweets kind of fall on deaf ears. Yeah, and I, I just feel like, too, it's too much content going by at lightning speed that I can't really keep up with it all. So. Right. I never really hop on there, you know, where I, it's, it's pretty much like reading the menu is Twitter and then pictures of the food is Instagram. So I'll go with the pictures. Um, but also we have a website, wreckmypodcast.com, which also links to like our Redbubble store and our Patreon and all that good stuff. So if you want like the one-stop shop, wreckmypodcast.com coming up in like a week or two, I don't know if you heard this, but, uh, we had a double loose loss of a bet between elite eight showdown and our show where we have to do each other's shows. Oh, so, so you actually have to podcast with Big Chuck. Well, no, we don't have to podcast with them. We're switching shows. So oh. uh, Tim, Tim and Big Chuck are going to be doing an Around a Roundtable episode, and we're all doing an Elite Eight Showdown episode. <laughs> so, oh, man. So can I ask what the tournament's going to be? Yeah, so it's uh, 90s snack food is what we decided on. Oh, okay. So our Dunkaroos in there. Uh, okay, so here's the thing. I'm thinking about taking Dunkaroos out of the running because I think that it's just going to sweep if I put them in there. So I'm 
toying with the idea. I'm also thinking I might do two different eight uh, eight person brackets because I have 16 right now, and you know we want to do better than Elite Eight Showdown. Of course. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I might do two, and then Dunkaroos can be in one of them, and it will probably win and go up against the winner of the other bracket, and then see what does it. But I mean, we got things on there like fruit by the foot. Um, those Ritz handy snacks. Do you remember those little like cartons that came with Ritz crackers and cheese and the little red sticks and everything? Oh yeah, I remember those. Yeah, for sure. Got those on there. We got Fun Dip. We got uh, the Pop Rocks. We got uh, Shark Bites. Little gummy guys. Like we got so much fun stuff on there. It's gonna be great. No, it's gonna I, be so I, much fun. I'm curious. Do you have any beverages like Squeeze It or anything? So I kept beverages off. I okay, did okay. any. Not only snack foods. So um, I took out like things like SpaghettiOs and Lunchables and all that because that could be considered like a meal as a kid. Sure. So it's just snack food, not liquids. Because then I was like Squeeze-Its, Surge, the Fruit Barrels, Pepsi Blue. Like I was coming Ooh, up with Fruit way... Barrels. Oh, man, I take yeah. you back. Yeah, I was coming up with way too many beverages ones. So I'm like, we got to stick to – like I had a list of like 45 things. I'm like, I need to whittle this down. <laughs> Man, that's crazy. Yeah, like fruit by the foot, uh, fruit roll-ups. I remember I yep. love those. And I remember, do you remember like the fruit roll-ups where you could pop out the pieces and make like a – it was like a pizza slice and like – Yes. You could build, and it was just like – I remember a kid at school making one and I was like, that's so awesome. I want one. <laughs> yeah, I used to love that. Or like then they made like the dollar bills you could pop off and stuff. <laughs> right, yeah. It's so ridiculous. It didn't make any sense. But then it yeah. just – Yeah. The nineties were a crazy time for snack foods, man. It was great. They really were. Like there were so many weird things. Like speaking of the nineties, I, I again I'll I'll cut it off after this. I don't want to keep you on here too long. But I uh, I was at a vintage toy store the other day and they had sets of pogs that you could buy. Yes. And I had my niece and nephew with me and I'm like, All right, I'm gonna teach you guys how to play pogs. <laughs> yes. Pog pogs, man, were the coolest thing ever. I I had so many pogs as a kid, I didn't know what to do with it. I even had like the little container you kept them in and everything. Oh yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Tons of them. The big tube. Yeah. Yeah, the big tube that then ended up just like holding tokens to like your local arcade. (laughs) Well, it was it was such a weird thing. I remember like I had a birthday party I went to and this kid, that's all he got was pogs, and I didn't know what they were yet. And but I remember even thinking, like, man, I want some so bad. You know, and then my first like set of pogs I got at Walmart, but then I remember I was with my grandpa and he took me to like the, the gas station one time and he was getting gas or something and they had a bunch of pogs in there. 10 for a dollar. And I was like, can I, can I get some of these? He's like, yeah, get you a dollar's worth. And I'm like, Oh man. Like I thought I was like, you know, so rich at that time. I was like, I get 10 of them, you know? And it's just, cause they were such a cheap thing to collect, but Oh yeah. I think that's kind of the good and bad thing. I've, I've talked to people about it. I think the good thing is they were cheap and easy to collect. The bad thing is you got so many so fast, you kind of lose interest. Well, they were being like, I remember I had like a Del Taco pog set. Sure, yeah. Like, like everyone was like, I went to the doctor and the doctor was like, you could have a sticker or a pog. And I was like, I'll take a pog. You know? <laughs> I remember like the, the little machines that would have like the gumballs they had, yes. the little plastic balls with a single pog. And yes. I remember getting one and it was all the Power Rangers. And I was like, oh man, that's awesome. Yeah, it got crazy. Like those things, those things went crazy. <laughs> it, it was it was a gnarly time, and I remember our school got mad because we were quote unquote gambling with them. Mm-hmm. And my dad even was like, oh, "Come on, like really? <laughs> like these are a, a dime? Like this is nothing, you know?" Yeah, well, it's like that's what they used to do with the what are the jacks or whatever. Where you would bounce the marble and right. grab the jacks. Like kids would bet with those and stuff, and you'd lose them. It's just it was just a different version of it for us. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's always fun to dive into that nostalgia sometimes. Mm-hmm. 
for sure. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, Jordan, again, once again, I, I really appreciate being on the show, man. This was a blast. Oh yeah, I, I had a blast too. You know, I love coming on. I love talking with you. You guys, you guys are a podcast I listen to weekly. I make sure there's some podcasts where I'm like, I have to listen to them every week. I don't let them get in the backlog, and you guys are one of them. So anytime you want me on, I'm always down. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Of course. And I was thinking, I haven't had you and Bane on our show. I don't think before. So you guys need to come up with a good movie you want to review, and we'll do uh, we'll do a little of a collaboration on that. Ooh, so that's a good idea. I don't even know what yeah. that would be, but I need to talk with him. Like, does that have to be a bad movie? Because I'm no, sure it could literally be anything. I mean, we don't just cover bad movies. I mean, <laughs> we've, we've <laughs> covered true. we've covered some good movies. You yeah, know, I'll so hit it him up and <laughs> see if we. Can, of course, you have such a back catalog. We'll have to really kind of look through, see what you've done, but. Yeah, I mean, you guys just come up with something you're excited about, like a few options. I'll let you know if we've done any of them, and, and let's get this ball rolling. I'm down for that, man. I'm. I, do you ever, like, have that thought of, like, have we done that before because you've done so oh, many different movies now? There's so many times I have to type in Google, wreck my podcast, and movie name to see if I've done it because <laughs> right. I have too many episodes. Yeah, I, I could totally get that, man. That's that's. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of weird movie watching. I love it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Thanks, man. All right. Take care. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps us up here uh, this week on You Know It's Fake Right with Jordan Zeilinger. Um, big thank you to him for uh, for coming on the show. And, you know, it's so cool to me that, you know, several years ago, me and Bane did a podcast called Trivia with Buds with Ryan Buds. I'm sure you've heard me talk about that in the past. It's a great show. It's kind of changed its format over the years. But me and Bane went on there and kind of did a trivia game. And it's very interesting how podcast friendships can form because um, – Jeff and Scott do trivia with buds and he's like, well, is there any other podcast duos you guys would recommend? They're like, Oh, breaker in vain. So he has us on. And in that process, Jordan Zeilinger heard the episode and became a listener of our show. And we've been friends with him and his crew ever since. And I'm like, that's such a cool thing that, you know, me and Bane can go on wreck my podcast. He can come on our show or come on breaker and Bane's power hour. And let's just chop it up. It's been a lot of fun. So, it's been it's really cool how you can make friends in podcasting. Fully posable, doing the favor, um, boot to the face, tales from the estate, uh, pulling up a chair with a chair shot. Jason Wolf with Howlin' with the Wolf and his amazing artwork and his chop shop. The positively pro wrestling podcast, Night of the Nerdy Laser podcast. A lot of these guys have been on the show. A lot of them I want to have on the show. So it's really it's really interesting the way that we are able to kind of make friends through just simply being fellow podcasters. It's on. It's an awesome thing. Um, so thank you guys for checking out this show. Check out my other show, the flagship podcast breaker and Bane's power hour dropping every Sunday. And then of course me and Travis Fowler with the TV toy cast every Thursday. If you're into the retro toy world, I think that will be one you enjoy. So check those out. Um, <clears throat> and then my buddy Bane with no holds barred with Bill Venus, um, our Patreon. If you want to support me and Bane, patreon.com forward slash BBPH. Uh, a weekly energy shot, the weekly PHPW Adrenaline live stream, plus usually a monthly podcast, uh, Breaker Retro Gamer is on there. So if you uh, were into the old retro gaming podcast, that's a way to check that out. And uh, yeah, that's about all I got for this week. Guess next week, my guest will be uh, Justin Lee, the Broken Arrow Bad Boy. Um, I've never podcasted with him before. He's a guy that uh, I've known for many years. 
And uh, we, you know, I kind of got back into wrestling here in Oklahoma and he was kind of leaving and then I kind of left and he kind of came back. So it was cool to chop it up with him because it's never a guy I've talked to before, but we had a really good conversation that will be coming at you next week. I think everyone will enjoy it. Me and him go back all the way to the backyard days. So yeah, that's, that's interesting stuff for sure. Uh, but once again, thank you for checking out, you know, it's fake, right? Um, I appreciate anyone that puts this over on social media, uh, people that leave reviews, just just a simple tweet or even a like and a retweet. It means so much to me that you guys enjoy the show and, and want to help it grow. I, I appreciate that um, very, very much. And as the great Johnny Valentine once said, I cannot make you believe that pro wrestling is real, but I sure as hell can make you believe that I am. I'm Brian Breaker. This is You Know It's Fake Right, and we'll see you guys next week. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Wonderful. I've been around for a minute, and I can stand toe-to-toe with the best of the minute. Don't give a damn about critics They talk a lot, but at the end of the night I'm selling the tickets All the tough guys avoid me The ladies all adore me Paparazzi record me I can put on a clinic All my opposers are born